The Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices about how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. This is a place to talk about the challenges of bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically, and finding a way to be known for something. Your hosts are ambitious, thoughtful women who both want to be known for something and decided to stop waiting for things to be just so. In today's episode, we discuss some of the crunchy feelings around the word community, why we want to be part of something bigger, share the communities that we are a part of and what keeps us involved, and the communities that we've learned are not for us. And in our recurring What Would Amanda Wagner Do segment, we answer a question from our listener, Danielle, about how to deal with a friendship that you may be outgrowing. I'm Amanda Wagner, and I'm an ambitious person, and I know that I want to be known for something. But I'm also a multi-potentialite, so I have a wide variety of skills and interests and don't ever want to feel tied down or stuck with one thing. So I've decided that what I want to be known for is being the person who doesn't want to be known for one thing. Hi, Liz. Hello there. I am Liz Pittman, or LP. Uh, I'm a couple of different things as well. I'm a digital media specialist. I'm a passionate communicator. I am a friend of Amanda, or AW, and I'm behind the scenes here at Amanda Wagner, Inc. I have had several chapters in my life working in radio and TV, working in social media for a post-secondary, and now I'm taking on another adventure with people like my friend Amanda, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to be known for. I'm getting there, I'm taking those steps, I'm taking on a new adventure, working with people from all over the place, but I'm also living in a new community, in a new part of the country, so I'm excited to see what's next and uncover some of that along with our listeners in the Amanda Wagner podcast. Do you feel like community has become a new buzzword in the last few years? In 2019, the word authenticity was a big one. We heard it a lot. Too much. We rolled our eyes a lot. (laughs) created a uh, bingo card yeah, where we did a tally of every time we heard the word authenticity and journey in 2019 at a conference. Mm -hmm. And I feel like community is a close second. Have you spent time in spaces or at events because creating community was one of the primary goals, but can't differentiate between any of them because after a while they all start to feel the same? If you're interested in finding your people, but still feel like you're on your own and creating surface level connections, This is the space to learn how we find value in the communities we're a part of and what community means beyond putting a bunch of strangers in a room with coffee and hoping for the best. (laughs) We have all been there. Woof. Even if, woof, (laughs) even if the coffee is good, even if there are cocktails and snacks. It's rare the coffee's good. Fair. (laughs) Touche, LP. (laughs) When I think about the communities I'm part of, I instantly think about the co-working space that I work out of my close-knit circle of friends, and all of the networking events that I went to a handful of times and eventually stopped going to. For me, when it comes to community, I channel Simon Sinek, and I go back to why am I part of this? And what is the why behind the communities that I'm part of? What do I give? What do I get? Beyond looking up a definition and telling you what the Oxford Dictionary says a community is, (laughs) I figured we'd talk about it instead. And so I'm wondering what makes a solid community that people want to be part of and contribute to. So Liz, when you think about being part of a community, what comes up for you? A few different things. I think when you're part of a community that makes sense for you, there's a sense of comfort. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of 
belonging. And I think that 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 belonging piece can be really hard to come by in some communities. It Mm -hmm. takes some wandering between communities to really feel that piece. I think a really important part of being in a community for me is common goals, or at least encouraging others in the goals that they have. Absolutely. So if, you know, if there is any sort of sense of competition in a community, it's healthy and expected Mm. and encouraged. There's the idea of bettering each other, building each other up, and really working towards something together even if everyone has something separate that they're working on say in a co-working space yeah there is that feeling of belonging and being there for one another I love the idea of a healthy competition Mm -hmm. and always sort of striving to improve to be better to learn something because I I don't want to be part of what I call a pat on the back community Mm -hmm. so superficial right pats on the back feel great But I want to be part of a community that helps me learn or grow or challenges me. And our time is incredibly valuable. Nobody is going to value our time more than we do. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be in a space, I want to know that I'm getting something out of it. So Liz, what are some of the communities that you are part of? I have a few different ones and I think I've kind of fluctuated with the communities that I've been part of throughout the last several years, things that have made sense for me Mm -hmm. at the time, depending upon what my goals were and the goals of those communities. But something that's been a constant for me is community in the fitness world. I'm a A machine. I'm a bit of a fitness freakazoid. Mm. Um, Like before we started recording, I was talking about how sore my muscles are today. But I really believe in the community that is possible not always achieved, but the community that is possible at a fitness studio. I think it can be really powerful. If you're grinding out in a class that's really, really hard, it's so much easier to do that last push-up when you know everyone else is in it together and everyone cares that you crush those goals. So that's a really important one to me. Can you describe some of the things that would make the ideal fitness world community that you feel like isn't being achieved yeah I've been to some studios where I just feel anonymous Mm. like I checked in at the front desk you know what my name is you know put in a little bit of effort to make me feel like I belong here and I'm not just giving you $25 for this class and you're someone that is at these places every day or a few times a week you truly are the least anonymous person Mm -hmm. so as somebody who I work out from a basement I will go to fitness studios the odd time. I kind of expect to be anonymous. I don't love it, but I I expect it. Whereas for you, I anticipate that everybody knows who you are, welcomes you back, and really envelops you into the community. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you said you expect that anonymity. I don't think that that should be an expectation. I think that if I'm walking into a studio for the very first time, recognize the fact that I haven't been there before and do something to make me feel like I'm a part of this community. Oh, absolutely. Nothing is worse than being the person who feels like you don't belong or doesn't understand the language. I mean, I have been the person when I thought I was in a 60-minute moksha hot yoga class, Mm -hmm. and they said, welcome to your 90-minute practice. And I've been the person that like looks around and is like, okay. oh shit, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> I because didn't bring enough water 
for this. Yeah. I am not going to be the one person that like shuffles out of the room yeah. because I don't feel comfortable yeah. or part of that. Yeah. And I mean like one of the first things you asked me what comes up for me in community, one of the first things I said was comfort. Mm-hmm. So there needs to have to be a sense of that. So fitness community is, is, has been important to me for a long time and will continue to be for a long time. But another community, I'll just mention one more that is important to me and something that I'm part of. And I think it is maybe one that's not thought of as often because it's not an in-person community Mm. is the online community. Oh, the internet. Because I like, I do digital media for a living. I'm a social media specialist. Mm -hmm. So being part of an online community and being active online is huge for me. Like I spend a lot of time in that community for my own personal brand, but I work with people all over on their online brands. Mm -hmm. So I'm part of my own online community, but when I am, you know, running an Instagram account for somebody else, I'm an active member in that online community. So it's really interesting to see how those online communities can all be a little bit different. There's the odd person in those communities that really suck and is really just kind of trying to broadcast their message and not being collaborative and not having meaningful discussions in any sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's getting better, but um, the online community yeah, is, is a huge thing for me as I grow my social media business. Right. And it's a great opportunity for me to learn from others who have more experience than me as well. Absolutely. I think you've brought up something really interesting with online communities because we talk about communities that are superficial mm-hmm. and that are all about growing membership and using it as a marketing or branding tool to say, we create community. Mm-hmm. And I'm the person that says, okay, but how? Or my favorite question in the world, so what? What does that actually do for the people that are involved? What is the environment like? So when I think about online communities, it's very easy to get into that superficial space, i.e., vanity metrics. Oh yeah. Right. We're looking at the number of people that are following you or deciding, Oh, do I want to follow this person or tag this person based on their reach? Yeah. That's vanity. That's not true, authentic community. Oh, I use authentic community. (laughs) Double drink. (laughs) Double dig on my, uh, on my bingo there. Hello, 2019. (laughs) So when, when I talk about communities, I really think about environments that I used to be part of in a work space. So at one point, and I was in my mid-20s, I was the only woman at the startup company and I was the seventh member of the team. And I remember being at a conference with my CEO and he introduced me and said, this is Amanda. She's our company culture. And at the moment, I... I had a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) I'm the girl in Mean Girls. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings. And some of those are, this is great. I'm glad I'm known for this. But it's also met with the terrifying realization that when you introduce one person as the company culture, what the hell kind of community is that? Oh, yeah. It's terrifying to think about now. And so that has stuck with me thinking, What is the type of community that I want to be a part of? What do I contribute to it? And also, what do I want to get from it? We talk a lot about win-win situations and how do we create win-win communities and what's the point? 
Mm-hmm. What are some of the characteristics of communities that you know are not for you or don't add value to your life? Well, there's two big ones for me. The first one being if I'm entering a black hole of negativity, I don't mm. want to be part of that at all. I like to think of myself as a pretty positive person. And, you know, we all have struggles. <laughs> Depending upon what the community is, maybe there's a time to have a conversation about what we're all dealing with. Yeah. But if that continues to be the driver for conversation, I don't want any part of that. And, I mean, I talk about the fitness community. I want to be part of a fitness community that's positive and inclusive to everybody and not like a I wear black because sweat is fat dying sort of bullshit. Like, I don't want to hear stuff like that. Right. I want to be part of a positive community where we're all getting better and we're all getting something from this. If it's just a bunch of negativity, no one's growing. Right. So that's a big one for me. And another characteristic of a community that I want to stay far away from is if there's no purpose. I'm not saying I need like a terms of reference for a community or anything. I wouldn't mind one. (laughs) That might work for me sometimes. But when I'm with those community members, I want to know what I'm in for. I want to know how I'll be supported or know how I can support others. We are all people with a lot of things going on. So if I'm Mm going to dedicate time to being part of some sort of community, I want it to be beneficial for me and for the people that are there as well. What, well, what about you? So I, in doing some of the work for this, Liz and I don't share all the pieces of our scripts because we want to get the conversation happening and be curious. That said, mine are very similar to yours. (laughs) So for me, communities that don't fill my tank it's usually because they're vague about purpose. Mm. So these are the communities that seem like a good idea at the time, or they have good snacks or coffee or cocktails, but we're all waiting around waiting for the action to happen or to figure out what unites this group of people. So when we're vague about purpose, it seems like we're doing it for the purpose of vanity. Mm -hmm. We are getting together so that we can post pictures on Instagram of this wonderful community we've created, but really we're all standing around going, What's next? So what? Who cares? Um, The second one for me, communities that don't fill my tank are often filled with people who are vague about their purpose in attending Mm -hmm. and say, I'm just here to meet people. Caveat, that just gives me no vibes to begin with. It reminds me of the people who have been camping for too long, (laughs) who they're like, oh, we're just here for a great weekend. So glad you're next to us in this site. I'm like, ugh. ugh. Um, or the solo traveler that stays in hostels to meet new people. I That's just not my person. I feel like those are the weirdos that end up on Dateline. I struggle with this because I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I also find myself connecting with other purpose-driven people, other ambitious people, mm-hmm. and people who are thinking beyond beyond just... I want to meet one person. I've become a lot more strategic about where I spend my time and how I spend my time. So where I invest my energy is where I know why I'm there or I at least can say I attended this event because. Yeah. So for me, that's a really good indicator of I attended this event because and I want that answer to have some meat to it. Mm-hmm. I've been to a couple conferences that I'll use the language 
are all sizzle and no steak. Yeah. This is a phrase I use a lot. Mm-hmm. I say, I'm looking for meat at events. And what meat looks like is the Apologies purpose. Apologies to the vegetarians listening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> I'm looking for meat or a healthy portion of beyond meat at these events. Uh, my wonderful coach, Jenny, she and I met at the same event, which she lovingly referred to as Platitude Palooza. Because it was a room of people who were clearly there to take beautiful photos of their Instagram, to pat each other on the back, and to just talk about what a wonderful job we're all doing of creating community and being authentic. But there was no meat. In the last year, I truly began to understand why you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So I want to believe that there is a listener out there going, oh my goodness, yes, me too. Please explain what it actually means. When we think about the words, the smartest person in the room and get our egos involved, it seems like being the smartest person in the room is a good thing. But here's the thing. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room because it's tough to get value when you're surrounded by people who you see as not as smart or as experienced or as far along as you are. When you're not the smartest person in the room, that's often when you're the most willing to grow. You're the most willing to listen to someone else. And you're in the sweet spot of anxiety, the type of anxiety that makes you excited, makes your brain work, and gives you that sort of sponge effect where you're willing to hear what somebody else has to say. This relates to communities because the communities that I find myself thriving in are the ones where... I've decided to be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable. I've had to muster up some bravery to be there in the first place. And I leave feeling like I learned something Mm -hmm. or I met a person that has made me think or I heard a phrase that's really sticking with me in the guts. As time goes on, I'm getting better and better at figuring out what communities aren't for me. So for example, there's a entrepreneur group that I visited a few times and quickly decided it wasn't my place. After two visits, it devolved into just whining about how hard it is to run your own business or complaining about clients. Rest assured that I am not above complaining about when things are hard. I am a human being But I don't want to be part of a group where we go in for one thing and then we all just become Debbie Downers and negative Nancys and just talk about how much everything sucks. There's no purpose and it's a black hole of negativity. Exactly. Right? It sucks. Exactly. How do you contribute to the communities that you're part of? I am one hell of a cheerleader. Oh! I am an enthusiastic, positive person. And I'm there to learn and to be challenged, regardless of what community it is we're talking about, if it's fitness or the online community or community within the marketing industry or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm there to learn. I'm there to make meaningful connections. But I'm there to support others, too. And that's such a key ingredient for a community to thrive is that everyone is looking out for everybody else. For sure. So um, if I believe in the community and I believe in those people, I'm all in and I will work hard to try and foster the success of those around me as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely witnessed this. I know even just in 
in the business side and creating the Amanda Wagner community, you are a cheerleader. You're a cheerleader online, but you're also a cheerleader and a support for what's happening in our small community behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredibly important. And I love how you're mentioning this sort of give and take that happens with communities. Mm -hmm. We talk about win-win a lot. And part of being... When, we, when I talk about being the smartest person in the room and why that is troublesome, it's because you're in a space where you're probably giving and not really taking or getting anything. Mm-hmm. So when I think about being part of a community, I'm similar in that I, I want to be a cheerleader. I want to support it, but I need to know what I'm supporting. Oh, yeah. What purpose am I supporting and how am I involved in this community in a meaningful way beyond just I'm one more person that's following you on Instagram? Yeah. How is it? How is this worthy of my time? Right. Mm -hmm. What do you think you take from communities? So you're a you're a cheerleader, but what lights your fire when other people are giving it out? Hmm. This is a really tough question. You're welcome. <laughs> this is one of the downsides of not looking at each other's prep is I, I'm unsure. Okay, so I think something that I take from communities is that sense of wanting to succeed. So I'm, I'm thinking about the fitness community example again. Mm-hmm. Is I go in and I'm pumped about the person next to me and I want them to finish, you know, one more rep or finish out the class or whatever. But I'm feeding on and taking in the energy from the people around me as well. So it's a very reciprocal kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I'm a cheerleader, but I take that from the people around me as well. And I know it's not the community for me if I'm not feeling that. Right. If you aren't met with the same warmth and advocacy and excitement that you're putting out into the world. I don't feel fulfilled leaving that space, whether it's virtual or physical space. I don't feel fulfilled leaving that space if there hasn't been some sort of reciprocal effect. And for me, I find that what I take from communities are meaningful relationships with people Mm. that I always attend events or become part of communities thinking, who's my one person? I want to find somebody that I can have a good conversation with. And often some of the best conversations that I've had at communities that I know I'm not a part of are when I find the person who also says, this isn't for me. And we get to dig in to figure out what that looks like or why that happens. Mm -hmm. When I think about what do I want our listeners to get from this, I want you to have permission to insert yourself into communities or take yourself out of communities that aren't serving you anymore. Mm -hmm. For me, it's really looking back at how is this serving you? What is the purpose? Do you feel full when you spend time there? Or is this community for the sake of vanity? And you could be spending that hour with a community that's better for your growth. Absolutely. Or by yourself. Totally. Love some solo time. Yeah, we could, Liz time. Yeah. yeah, Liz is really good at scheduling in Liz time, and I have adopted that. So when I take time by myself, I also call it Liz time. Feel free to take that pencil and some Liz time into your calendar. Oh man, I yeah. think now is a good time to move to our recurring segment where we <laughs> gather questions from listeners via Instagram. 
and emails and each episode answering the question, what would Amanda Wagner do? So the question this week comes from Danielle and she asks, a friend from high school and I don't live in the same city. Last month, she told me she was coming to my city and stayed with me for four days. Over those four days, I found myself exhausted and like we didn't connect as well as we used to. She's complaining about the people she dates and moving from job to job and I am settled and don't relate to her experiences. I don't know if I should say something or just hope that she feels the same and let it fizzle out on its own. So what would Amanda Wagner do? Danielle, I hear you, my friend. Been there. Still there sometimes. Um, One of the best pieces of advice about friendship is from my good friend Dallas. She reminds me that friendships can be seasonal. And when she says that, I have this huge sigh of relief because I think we feel pressure that things have to stay the same. And even though we grow as human beings, we seem to expect that our friendships and our relationships stay the same, Mm. and they really don't. So let's play benefit of the doubt. It's entirely possible that your friend is feeling the same way as you are. This friend is also trying to go back to when you were really connected and you did have the same experiences and perhaps trying to relive some of the glory days that simply aren't as interesting or relevant to you anymore. Regardless of how this person feels about your friendship, I don't know if you need to actively end this friendship and say, hey, look, we're not going to be friends anymore, but it's worth renegotiating the terms even on your own four days together sounds like a lot that's too much it's a lot four days I can't spend four days just with my partner like (laughs) and he's wonderful he's great but four days is a long time four days is a lot especially when it's somebody in your home or staying with you so there is such thing as a sometimes friend I have lots of sometimes friends it doesn't mean that I value them less It doesn't mean that I care about them less. It simply means that I've renegotiated how often we spend time together and how we spend time together. You can get together with this person sometimes and relive the glory days or catch up, but I think it's worth lowering the expectations and the stakes of this friendship. The next time your friend is in the city or you're in hers, if you want to see each other, great. Schedule a time to get together. Schedule a time that includes an end time. So instead of staying together for four days, enjoy a lunch together. Have an activity so you can create a common purpose that isn't rehashing things from years ago. And then after an hour or two, go your separate ways, leave behind any feelings of resentment, and accept that that might be the seasonality of this friendship. Danielle, I hope that answers your question and gives you a space to rethink some of the relationships so that you can spend your time in the communities that bring the most value to you. We are asking what would Amanda Wagner do on every episode of this podcast, so we encourage you to submit your questions. Uh, You can do that on Instagram by visiting at the Amanda Wagner, Uh, but you know, we're on the internet, so you can find us uh, theamandawagner.com, and we look forward to seeing what's going on with you and how AW can help. One final note on communities. I am self-conscious that I might come across as really intense or somebody who does want the purpose for every community or every event. I have been known to pull out the phrase from Survivor or any reality TV, which is, I'm not here to make friends. (laughs) 
And that's not necessarily true. I know that some communities are wonderful for meeting people and for making friends. But just like how I said in What Would Amanda Wagner Do, there's some seasonality that comes into play and we need different things at different times. So there are periods in our lives where we need more action or more purpose. And sometimes where maybe it is RuPaul's best friend race. We get to make that choice. And I think that that is what is most important when we're thinking about how we spend our time, who our people are, and what really fills our tank. So it's your turn. Visit us at the Amanda Wagner on Instagram and tell us what is an essential ingredient that keeps you active in a community that you belong to. We'd love to hear where you spend your time, where you get value, and what you offer to those communities. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And because we live by Don't Ask, Don't Get, we're asking you to follow along with us on social media, share this episode with a friend, and if you love the podcast, please leave us a review. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, we will see you on the internet. Bye.